Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott and Chilson Chrysler Dodge, Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our 7-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-backed coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a 7-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Cadott on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. Hey, did you know Bluff Country is located in Mondovi? And it's your locally owned hometown feed and seed supplier. Whether it's your pet or your business, they have the products and service that you need. They even offer agronomy services from seed to fertilizers and chemicals and even feed and forage sampling. Bluff Country Feed and Seed is your hometown feed and seed supplier. To learn more about Bluff Country, check out their website at bluffcountryfs.com. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Wax 104.5 on this Monday morning. Good morning to you. I'm Kristen Smith. And (laughs) and I'm Joe Welke. I was waiting for you. You were waiting for me. I know. And then we kind of like paused and stopped and... (laughs) You know, and I love that song, Be My Baby Tonight. Yesterday was Mother's Day, and Jill, you had an exciting Mother's Day. Did you have a baby? I didn't, but my son did. Ooh. Well, actually, his wife did. Okay. To be more specific. So he's off the hook for not visiting his mother on Mother's Day because he was a little bit busy. And I think that's a really great gift. (laughs) It is, and that's what I sent back to him. And um, So my son had, and his wife had a boy. Carter John, 8 pounds and 2 ounces, 21 inches long, yesterday morning at 10.30. Well, congratulations. That's amazing. And my daughter-in-law sent pictures, and the little guy's already smiling, just like his dad. They just were smiling all together with this. Oh, it's because it's Mother's Day. He, He sent you the best gift ever. Oh, yes, definitely. Now, what about your other kids? What are they going to have to do to step up their game? I mean, that's a hard thing to beat right now. <laughs> oh, you know, I gave my mom a grandbaby on Mother's Day. What did you get her? I mean, he really took the bar up like a big level. He did. But I actually heard from all of my kids. I only saw actually one of them yesterday on Mother's Day, but I saw one that lives in Portage Very nice. on sa- Saturday. And the other one called me S- Friday morning, Saturday morning, Sunday morning. He likes to talk. But he, <laughs> he likes to talk. But he also brought me a card and stuff. I think that was Thursday, and I got to see him all on Thursday. Oh, very so, nice. What about you? What did you do? Uh, we went fishing yesterday. Fishing is good. That'd fishing be right up good. my alley. Uh, no bites, though. They were jumping out of the water. They wanted to bite. They just didn't want it that bad. And we were fishing with sweet corn, and yeah, <laughs> the kids are so funny. That fish took my corn. That's all I heard all afternoon. The fish took my corn. <laughs> I'm like, then get more. So then I taught them how to put the corn on the hook. 
because I got tired of sitting there digging corn out all the time. <laughs> well, it's all a learning experience, right? Exactly. And then we had, I've never had this before, macaroni and cheese brats. Oh. Have you ever had those? I've only had cheddar brats. Oh, you got to try mac and cheese. It's actual macaroni and cheese inside the Browerst. That'd be It was different. Meal all in one bite. I know. My son was thrilled because he's like, I get the meat and the mac and cheese all in one. He's <laughs> sick, so it's kind of cute. So it was a great Mother's Day. We hope you all had a great Mother's Day. And if you are out and about this morning, roads are wet and the deer are moving. Jill, I've exceeded my, my one goal so far for this year. I saw 21 deer this morning, one skunk that I did not hit, and a jumping cat. <laughs> well, I didn't see. It was kind of raining and misting when I came up, so I actually did not see any deer. And I'm on my normal route again that isn't all loaded with them, but I believe there's one less possum living <laughs> in the world. One less possum. <laughs> Yeah, so the animals are out moving this morning, so be aware of that. There was some lightning on our way in, and we'll be talking about the weather a little bit more. Right now, we've got a little bit of rain out there, but we're at 52 degrees. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We're a few minutes before the 5 o'clock hour this Monday morning. We're at 52 degrees right now, a little bit of rain. But then it's going to clear off. We're going to have a mostly cloudy day, but it's going to be windy, looking at a high of 79 degrees. And then tomorrow, 77. And Wednesday, watch out, 84 degrees. I think we are going to like it. It's a beautiful time on the farm. We're going to be talking a lot of stuff this morning, including tractor safety. We're going to be talking about people passing vehicles. That's a big no-no now. But right now. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it is the crack of dawn. We're at 5.01 on this Monday morning on 104.5 FM WAXX Eau Claire. It's that time of the morning to check in with some national news. NBC News Radio, I'm Mark Mayfield. The Speaker of the House says the U.S. Supreme Court has slapped women in the face by potentially overturning Roe v. Wade. This decision is about being anti-precedent and anti-privacy. It has serious ramifications. Appearing on CBS Face the Nation, Nancy Pelosi called the leaked draft ruling anti-precedent and anti-privacy when it comes to the reproductive rights of American women. Lockheed Martin is boosting production of its Javelin anti-tank missiles amid the ongoing war in Ukraine. We're starting now to ramp it up because we have an active production line right now. Uh, and also, we've got a supply chain that's active. Appearing on CBS Face the Nation, Lockheed President and CEO James Taylor said the aerospace company is working to nearly double production of Javelins from 2,100 per year to around 4,000. The portable shoulder-fired missile plays a big role in U.S. defensive aid being sent to Ukraine. This announcement follows President Biden's visit to a Lockheed Martin plant in Troy, Alabama last week. The cost of college is adding up. Students graduating high school this year could end up taking out a loan for nearly $40,000. An analysis from NerdWallet found that's how much debt they'll likely be paying off by the time they get a bachelor's degree. About a million high school graduates are estimated to start college with 42% taking a loan. The average cost of a public university tops $22,000 a year. And more human remains are being discovered as Nevada's Lake Mead dries up. 
Witnesses found a human skeleton Saturday, a week after boaters found remains buried in a barrel. Police think that victim was shot and had been at the bottom of the lake since the 1980s. The lake is at a historical low due to rising temperatures and drought. It serves more than 25 million people across California, Arizona, Nevada, and Mexico. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. I think I'm going to stay away from Lake Mead. Me too. I don't need to be around that stuff. No. It's bad enough when you see a dead fish come up and you're like, ugh, you're swimming next to it. That's bad enough, but... Yeah, that's... Yeah, not cool. I'm glad I live where I live. You know, I mean, that's really the truth of it. We have goofy weather. I mean, they always say, it's weather in Wisconsin, wait 10 minutes and it'll be different. But really, we don't get hurricanes. We don't get earthquakes. Right. We don't have any... Well, we have some crazy people here, but that's normal. (laughs) But for the the most part, it's a good place to live. We don't have the major things. I mean, we have some tornadoes that come through, but nothing like down in Wichita, Kansas, and in Nebraska, and where they just get... I mean, I'm surprised people still live in Wichita with all the tornadoes. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're fun places to visit, but I like where I live. And even this weekend, I went for a drive down into southern Wisconsin, and I was driving up on the ridges, and... The grass is so deep green. The crops are coming up down there. The tractors are moving and stuff is planting. And if you just stop and listen to what's going and look at what's going on around you, man, the suspenses you can see and the mm-hmm. farms you can see out there is just an awesome thing to see. Do you see 21 deer and jumping cats and a skunk running across the road down there? I didn't drive at night. Oh, you didn't drive at night. <laughs> but we did see some deer, though. There was deer out grazing and there was... They weren't far from the road, but I said, you go, you stay over there? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, all the deer stayed off the road today. I was very happy. That was my Mother's Day gift. No dead deer this morning, so bonus. But we are going to get moving this morning. We've got lots of stuff to talk about, including some reports from the DNR. We've got a buyout that happened, and, of course, farm equipment safety. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And the spring season is finally here, and many people want to clean up their yards and their ditches. The Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources is asking the public to stay vigilant as the fire danger is elevated. Wisconsin is entering peak fire season, especially in sandy soil areas and pine areas, where fires can begin to move up into the crowns of the trees. So far this year, the DNR has responded to 235 wildfires, burning more than 426 acres. Nearly 100 of those fires alone this year have been caused by burning debris, which is the number one cause of wildfires in the state. Now, there is a reminder that burning permits are required for the purposes of burning vegetated debris anytime the ground is not completely snow-covered. Also, do not burn on windy days. You know, wind blows things around. So, when in doubt, make a call to your local sheriff's department to see if there are any active burning bans. And here's some more news from the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources. They want to remind hunters that the application period for the 2022 elk hunt is open through May 31st. Wisconsin's northern elk herd population, centered around Clam Lake, rose to 330 animals last year. Elk hunting season is open through from October 15th through November 13th, and again starting December 8th through the 16th. This will be Wisconsin's fifth elk hunt this fall, and only 
Wisconsin residents are eligible to receive elk tags. You know, and that's, they only hand out, like, a certain amount of elk tags. So you have to, like, put your application in, and then it's a drawing. They actually draw, like, only, like, a handful. So if you want to get in for it, you got to do it now. Yeah, and I would say they might be doing a little bit more, maybe two hands full if there's 330 oh, out there. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> and what else is going around? You know, we've been talking, you know, like you said, southern Wisconsin. There's equipment out in the fields. Tell us what's going on with that. And it's that time of year again. If you've been driving around like I have, you've probably seen some farm equipment on the roads or in the fields. Make sure to give them a little extra time on the roads and to watch where they may be turning. Since 2014, it is illegal to pass farm equipment within a no-passing zone. Newer equipment may have turn signals and all the bells and whistles, but older equipment may not always have that. So if you see a tractor slowing down, please give them a little extra time. They have families, and they're making food for you. Exactly. You know, I actually did this a few years ago when I used to sit in your chair, and, you know, I Bob was still here, <laughs> here, here every day. And we did this farm safety thing where we were driving in a tractor, and it was controlled. You know, they had walkie-talkies on. They had the two-way radios. And we would drive up a hill in a no-passing zone. Now, the road is blocked off, so we're purposely trying to see, like, the time somebody has to pass a tractor, and then the next vehicle is coming over the hill. We were doing it in a controlled environment where we had officers, the whole kit and caboodle there, and it was still nerve-wracking coming up. I mean... As the tractor driver, you're going up the hill going, I'm moving over, I'm moving over, and cars will pass you, and whoop, there's another one coming right over. I mean, accidents happen, and you don't know where they're going to turn. They're slowing down. People get mad. They go to pass on the right or the left. You don't know where that tractor's turning. They don't all have signals. Right, and I just think it's just a very good reminder to remember to be take your time. Yeah. Give them the time, because you know what? They have families, and they're doing a huge job for us. And in this year, everything is in such a crunch time. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs to be just take a little more time and be careful. Yep, better to be late to something than not living at all. Exactly. Well, we're going to keep moving on, though, this morning. We touched a base on a lot of things, and now we're going to hit the weather area, see what's going on there. Well, right now, we've got a little bit of rain outside. It should be tapering off here pretty quick. Pretty quickly, but then it's going to be a mostly cloudy day with some wind, looking at a high of 79 degrees. Tonight, there's a chance of some thunderstorms with a low of 56. Tomorrow, a chance of isolated thunderstorms. Now, it is just a small chance, looking at a high of 77. Tomorrow night, Tuesday night, 57 degrees, cloudy night. Wednesday, a chance of rain, but it's going to be sunny throughout the day. 84 degrees, and Wednesday night... Scattered thunderstorms and 66 degrees. Temperatures in the area right now, we've got 49 degrees in Medford. The hot spot this morning is La Crosse at 60, Marshfields at 52, Green Bay at 53, Rice Lake feeling nice this morning, 57 degrees, Wausau's at 51, Madison 57, Milwaukee is the chilly one again this morning at 49, and right here in Eau Claire, we're at 52 degrees and looking for a cloudy day. We've got your morning markets. Those are coming up next. Brought to you by... Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Rural Mutual Insurance. Keeping Wisconsin strong. You may know Rural Mutual Insurance as the number one farm insurer. But did you know they also offer competitive home, auto, business, and life insurance? They make it convenient to bundle your insurance while saving you time and money. 
Visit RuralMutual.com to learn more. Rural Mutual Insurance, keeping Wisconsin strong. Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And here's our markets for the live cattle. Choice fed beef steers are 138 to 145 with mixed at 124 to 137. Choice fed beef heifers are 138 to 135 with mixed coming in at 124 to 137. Choice fed Holstein steers are 119 to 132 with selects at 85 to 118. Cows are 67 to 96 with bulls at 60 to 114 and a half. Butcher hogs are 69 to 92, with sows at 68 to 71. Boars are 20 to 36. New crop market lambs are 150 to 255, with feeder lambs coming in at 175 to 340. And looking at the live cattle on the Mercantile Exchange, we've got your June numbers at 132.75. That's down a dollar two. August is at 135.35, down 67 cents. October's at 142.87, down 52 cents. Feeder cattle for May is at 159.55. That's down 77 cents. August turned it around 174.70, up 32 cents. September was at 177.95. That's up 50 cents. Lean hogs for May is at 102.20. That's down 60 cents. June is at 104.10, down $2.97. And July was at 107.05, down 2.37. And looking at the Chicago Board of Trade, we had some hits on the overnight. Your July corn was down 12 cents to 772. July oats up 3 to 630. July soybeans down 15 cents to 1607. July soybean meal took a hit down $5 to $408.60 a ton. July wheat up 14 cents at 11.23. On the dairy side, barrel cheese was unchanged at 238. Your blocks were also unchanged at 235. AA grade butter was down 2 cents at 264. And your class three futures for May up seven cents to twenty five oh one. June down twenty cents to twenty four forty six. July down fourteen to twenty four ten. August down nineteen cents to twenty three fifty five. September down thirty one cents to twenty three twenty two. And the markets were downward trending through June of two thousand and twenty three. That's a look at some of your morning markets again. Brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance, also one of our sponsors for Farm Tech Fest which is the newest addition to Clark County Farm Tech Days coming up July 12th, 13th, and 14th. And Jill, if we have nice weather like we had on Saturday, oh, I think it's going to be a great night. I think it's going to be a great night, even if it rains. Even You know, who doesn't like to party in the rain once in their life or a few times? Well, yeah, I know, right? So you've danced in the rain, huh? <laughs> oh, that's a yes. It's a yes. She doesn't have to say it. You should see her face. I should post that on Facebook. <laughs> Well, we got a busy morning here. We've got some news and weather markets. We've got our alfalfa program coming in with Dr. Don Miller. We just have a really big, or Dr. Don, Dan Undersander, I should say, not Don Miller. But we've got a lot of stuff going on this morning. But right now, who doesn't like a little bit of Alan Jackson on a Monday morning? I mean, he's just so much fun. And, you know, he's not bad to look at either. I think he's decent looking. I mean, I'm married, but I can still, you know, say, you know, Alan Jackson is... You know, decent looking. Eye candy is always okay. Oh, she said it. You heard it all. Jill said it. Eye candy's okay. <laughs> it's always okay. Especially <laughs> if you talk to my mom. Boy, she just thinks that he's the cat's meow. Oh, I thought maybe you'd say he's the string cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and speaking of string cheese, according to the Wisconsin Egg Connection, a Wisconsin-based string cheese manufacturing company is being purchased by Sargento Foods. 
Baker Cheese Factory Incorporated, located in St. Cloud, Wisconsin, will become part of the Sargento family as part of the acquisition. Baker Cheese is known for its high-quality mozzarella string cheese, which is sold in all 50 states. They currently employ 250 people, while Plymouth-based Sargento has more than 2,000 employees. No employees are expected to be displaced as a result of the buyout. Some interesting news, and that's actually good news that, you know, people get to keep their jobs, and that's important. But, you know, yeah, Alan Jackson being string cheese, I kind of like that. You just always want to pull on them and push on them and then eat them. (laughs) I don't even know what to say to that. I see. I knew I'd get her speechless on that one. (laughs) But right now we're going to be hearing from Chuck Nicholson. I wonder if he's related to Jack. (laughs) UW-Madison, and Bob had a chance to speak with him, so he's coming up next. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, it started. We don't know when it's going to end, but it started. Discussion, debates, contributions for the 2023 Farm Bill. Fabulous Farm Bay Pam Yankee at the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. The first hearing slash conversation happened in Michigan where Senator Debbie Stabnall, the chair of the Senate Agriculture Committee, got, brought people together to start the conversation. Bob, you and I both know when it starts versus when it ends, everyone we've seen is a little bit different and a lot of yeah. different components. You're exactly right, Pam. Bob Boswell here at the northern end of the world's longest barn. And at that meeting in hearing in Michigan, they did talk some dairy. Dairy margin coverage program, very important. But other farm groups are trying to do things outside the farm bill, like the Farmers Union and members of the Farm Bureau. The Dairy Together program, stabilizing dairy prices, is the goal of that program. I talked recently with uh, one of our new UW-Madison dairy economists, Chuck Nicholson, about that program. Chuck has had a career around the country dealing with agriculture at some of our major universities. And uh, he said uh, this is a program that he has worked on around the country in the past. These programs are not really new. I started out in California in 2009 when a really bad time for a lot of dairy producers. And the ideas really arose then that we could have a program to manage growth. Two key elements in that program are setting an allowable amount of growth for farms and figuring out if you exceed that growth that you're going to pay something called a market access fee. So two key elements, there's some amount of growth that you're allowed, and we talked in this program about having growth that stays within that amount, being in Tier 1, which is a little bit of growth, and Tier 2, which is more, and then paying market access fees on uh, all the milk you produce as a part of essentially paying for the privilege of servicing that additional milk into the marketplace. Go into a little more detail about... uh the tiers that you have, the growth levels, how the market access fees would work, and what is a market access fee under this program? Okay. Well, I want to hit, I want to make sure that folks are clear that I'm going to talk about one way to do it, but it's not the only way to do it. As an example, uh, we talked about our analysis of growth of up to uh, a million pounds a year. You do not pay a market access fee, and you would, in fact, receive, in a sense, a reimbursement from the other farms that we're expanding. From 1 to 4 million additional pounds of milk per year, depending on your farm size, you would pay a market access fee of a quarter per hundredweight to a dollar per hundredweight. And if you were above 4 million additional pounds of milk in a given year, you would have a market access fee that would go somewhere from about 50 cents a hundredweight to $2 a hundredweight. 
So if we look at it, and, and you've been working with farmers for a long time, what do farmers like to do? Produce more than they have before. So if they want to grow a million pounds one year, and they grow, want to grow another million pounds the next year, how is this going to work? Or should they focus on maybe 200,000 this year, 200 next year? What's the, I guess, what tweaks that market access fee so they can get money back? Yeah. I think the core idea is you're trying to have folks be a little bit more thoughtful about their growth patterns. So you can get to a million additional pounds of milk in a couple of different ways. You could do it all in one year. You could do it over two, three, four, or five years. Under this kind of a program, you would be better off to have slower, more incremental growth because then you would avoid paying the market access fee and, in fact, you would benefit from the reimbursements that other farms expanding beyond that amount would pay into a pool of dollars. Who would administer this pool of dollars? We've got uh, MPC right now. That uh, you know, That's a government payment. This sounds to me like the government's not paying for this. So the payment is actually a payment of money from one set of dairy farmers to another, and there are a number of different ways in which a program like this could be managed. Some of the core uh, tenets, uh, core design ideas that have been put forward by the Dairy Together folks are really that this would be a dairy farmer managed uh, kind of program. My sense is we'd also have to have the federal government involved to make sure that the rules are written correctly and things are operated fairly, but it could actually be a producer-inspired and a producer-managed program. And as we look at this program, if and would it would gain traction and become a national program, the, the government would not be administering this. I'm sure they have to have rules that you'd have to follow, but this would be dairy farmer-managed? Well, could be. Uh, could be dairy farmer managed. I think actually the, the USDA folks are pretty good at managing lots of different programs, so the expertise might be something that folks would want to tap into. But I think the key thing is uh, the government wouldn't be part of making payments into a pool or taking money out. That would be more of a direct kind of uh, exchange between different groups of dairy farmers. And one of the other things that we looked at in the work we did analyzing these programs is how much this might save the government on a program like the dairy margin coverage type program. We actually found there were some pretty substantial savings up to about $2 billion over the course of five years. Well, and as you look at this program and uh, farmers getting into the program, get in one year and out the next year. Once you're in, you're in. And, and what about entry for other farmers? All of a sudden, you start the program, you got X number of farmers, and then all of a sudden other farmers say, hey, this is a pretty good program. I want to get in. Is it open and allowable and set up so that it's a free entry without any hiccups, so to speak? Yeah, so there's a couple things. First, the program could be set up to essentially allow for new farms that are starting to gain a new production base without paying that market access fee, and we did some work looking at that and found that the programs could work even under that. Uh, but I think a key principle to keep in mind with this whole thing is when you expand, you pay. When you don't expand, you don't pay. So it's a little bit different than sort of making decisions about dairy margin coverage every year. You don't really make a decision except about what you want your milk production to be. And on the basis of that, you know, you're in one category or you're in another. You've done some modeling going back to 2014. We all knew what the milk prices were in 2014, what they were in 2015. Up until now, we're getting back to some of those 2014 levels. What kind of numbers can you share with as far as the modeling you did as far as maybe what the income 
difference net farm operating income might be for dairy farmers based on your modeling. In any given year, you might have a range of impacts, but over that seven-year time period, we saw an average increase of about $1.40 per hundredweight for all dairy farmers, not just those participating in the program. And we saw roughly an increase from about an average uh, farm operating income of about 50000 for a farm between 1 and $5 million to about uh, over $100,000, $125,000 if they stayed within the allowable growth amount. So there was a significant gain in pro- uh, profitability for a farm of that size by staying within the growth. And that's kind of the idea. You want to give people an incentive not to grow and still be profitable. And I'm sure your modeling included not just the specifics of making milk and marketing milk. Did you look at the markets and what kind of an impact this would have on prices, on exports, on imports, and things like that? We did find that there would be some increases likely in dairy product prices. For example, about a 11 cent increase per pound on average over that seven-year time period for a product like cheddar cheese. We also looked at the very important question of what happens to U.S. dairy exports. It's been an important source of growth for the industry over the last decade and beyond. And what we saw was under a program like this, you'd have somewhat higher prices. Our products are going to have to compete a little harder in the the world marketplace. We would continue to see growth in dairy exports, but that growth would be sort of more slow and more steady uh, as opposed to the way in which it's been, which tends to kind of go along with the price cycles we've seen in the industry. I think that's an important uh, point to make. We'd still see growth it might be a little different. Yeah, we'd still see growth both in our ability to access and benefit from export markets, and we would continue to see growth in our our domestic dairy product consumption as well, but we would temper that growth a little bit through the mechanism of these higher prices we'd see for dairy products. Chuck Nicholson is with us, the newest member of the uh, Ag Economics Department at UW-Madison, dairy economist. And, Chuck, you've been around Wisconsin at meetings this spring, And the feedback you get from farmers, I know you like to respond to. Tell me about some of the thoughts that farmers have expressed to you on this, their concerns, their support, what they see in this program, because they're on the ground producing this milk, and, you know, it's a lot more fun to receive a check than have to write one. (laughs) Excuse me, absolutely. One of the things that I've been hearing a lot more recently is that we're in a very different place now with regard to a number of things. We've lost a tremendous number of farms here in Wisconsin at a rate that has been in a way in advance of what we've seen in lots of other years. We have many more challenges with supply chains, both in terms of the costs and in terms of just getting basic inputs. So I think one of the things that folks are thinking about for a program like this is can we bring some stability and some predictability back to the marketplace uh, that's going to help us to focus on doing the things that we enjoy more, which is really about managing, managing the cows and managing the cropping. And that's Chuck Nicholson with the University of Wisconsin-Madison. He's a economist. And, yeah, always some good news there, always trying to see the positive, what they're trying to do, and how to help out the dairy farmers. So thank you, Bob, for doing that. And, yeah, we'll be touching base with him more. And if you want to hear that interview again, just go to waxradio.com, wax104.5. Click on the Midwest Farm Report and go to our podcast. So, yeah, we've got that taken care of. And now it's time to check in with some markets this morning. We're going to head over to Premier Livestock with Rocky Olson. He's coming in next. And this morning's markets are brought to you by...
Brought to you by Chippewa Valley Bean of Menominee. Chippewa Valley Bean is excited to welcome spring and all the opportunity it brings. And as you think about what you're planting in your fields, Chippewa Valley Bean wants you to consider growing a crop of kidney beans. Kidney beans are a great addition to your rotation and bring great value back to your farm. If you're looking for new opportunities for your farm, give their agronomist Ben a call at 715-556-1930. That's 715-556-1930. Or visit them at cvbean.com. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. So you had a nice Mother's Day. You got the wife some flowers? Got her some flowers, you bet. Oh, did you pick them out yourself? I did. Ooh, perfect. What kind did you get? I'm not sure. Mixed (laughs) mixed flowers. Mixed flowers. The pretty ones. Yeah. That works. (laughs) Expensive ones. Oh, Oh, well, of course. Yeah, if you picked them out of a ditch and they're called a dandelion, I don't think she'd be too happy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, catch us up, Rocky. What's going on over at Premier Livestock and Withy? Uh, thank you, Kristen. Uh, good morning, everyone. This is how last week's market shaped up here at Premier Livestock. We did have a big week. Uh, we sold over 3,500 head of livestock. Uh, fed cattle sold steady to lower. High choice and prime Holstein steers sold 111 to 128. Low choice and selects a dollar two to a dollar ten. Choice beef steers and efforts 124 to 134. Market cows traded a little lower, but still very strong. Uh, high yielding cows sold 77 to 91. We've seen an extreme top last week in 99 on the cows, but most cows traded from 61 to 76. Market bulls high yielding from a dollar to a dollar 14. Lower yielding 99 and down. Newborn Holstein bull calves continue very good demand, mostly from 90 to 215 per head. Beef calves 125 to 375. Holstein heifer calves 25 all the way up to 140. Regular feeder cattle auction uh, this Tuesday. Uh, dairy cattle auction Wednesday. We do have two complete herd dispersals of tie stall cows. Uh, 12 fancy Holstein parlor freestall cows milking up to 125 pounds. Here's 10 fancy Jersey cows. Going to be kind of sharp, sharp set of cows. And uh, four fancy, fresh, registered two-year-olds uh, milk it heavy. Uh, here's 20 Holstein spring and heifers off one farm. Several red Holsteins. They're all bred to red Holstein, uh, plus lots more. Uh, check out our website at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Auction reminder, June 17th, machinery auction. Our first ads go out today with the early listings. Um, if you want to be in that listing and you got equipment coming uh, that you're going to commit to, give us a call this morning. We will get that in the first ad. Otherwise, like I said, consignments need to start coming in soon uh, if you do want to be uh, on the advertising list. Questions? Give us a call, 715-721-0079. The office number is 715-229-2500, and that's the way it shaped up, Kristen. Wow, what a great week. Yep, you betcha. Excellent. And yeah, don't forget, machinery, and do they just call you with the machinery? Do they well, just show we, up? What do you prefer? If it's bigger pieces, uh, give us a call uh, if you're getting them ready and you can't get them in. But uh, we really like to get them in before we do advertise. Perfect. Uh, but the, but then bigger pieces can be definitely called in if you want to get it. Smaller pieces, get them into the barn. Uh, like I said, best advertising is having them in the lot. If you ever come over on a weekend, you see the amount of cars coming in and out of the parking lot and driving by. It's, it's, it's cheap advertising. It's your best advertising. Perfect. So we'll keep that in mind. Rocky, have a great day. We'll catch you later. You too. Thank you.
There he goes, Rocky Olson over at Premier Livestock. And actually, now we got to check in with some weather this morning. We're going to check in with our Skywarn 13 meteorologist, Mike D'Andrea, on this fabulous forecast that he has given us. Good morning, Mike. You flatter me. Good morning. How you doing? You even said that last week. You flatter me. Y'all, you do, but uh, you know, I, th- I think that it it, may- it carried a little bit more weight last week because we have some very hot temperatures this week to talk about, but uh, we have some chances for showers and thunderstorms really throughout the mix. And for today, we'll actually see a little bit of sunshine throughout the mid-morning and into the early afternoon, but then we'll start to see some clouds roll back in, and that'll bring some breezy conditions along with it as well, with wind gusts upwards of 40 miles per hour, and chances for storms roll through later on tonight, with our temperatures getting into the upper 70s. But then later tonight, we'll dip into about the mid-50s for our lows, setting up more chances for showers and thunderstorms going into tomorrow. Partly sunny otherwise, with temperatures kind of looking similar to today, in about the mid to upper 70s. But then Wednesday is when we really start to heat things up. Now, it is going to be humid over the next couple of days, but Wednesday we have... Uh, We'll have partly to actually mostly sunny skies, but then more chances for showers and thunderstorms later in the afternoon as well, getting into the mid-80s. And by Thursday, we should stay mostly dry, at least for now. Things are, of course, subject to change, but uh, getting into the upper 80s. Again, just feeling downright hot out there. And it is a pretty warm start to the morning, too, looking at a temperature of 53 degrees. Otherwise, mostly cloudy skies, but as we are brightening up, we're starting to see some breaks in those clouds. Well, that sounds like a really good forecast this morning. It does. I mean, I, I guess you can say we can always use a little bit more rain, but man, oh man, we've gotten a bit, uh, quite a bit of that, haven't we? So is that because of the two new additions to the, the bubble that were outside of WEAU 13 last week? I walked out of work and there was two geese sitting up there. So <laughs> is that like the new weather it. machine that you have over there? You have like Mother Nature like seriously monitoring they were honking away. <laughs> I'm going to blame them for it. <laughs> You're going to blame them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you have a good one. We'll talk to you next you week. Too. Sounds good. There he goes. Our Skywarn 13 meteorologist, Mike D'Andrea, this morning with a great forecast. We've got some news that's coming in next. All right. It's that time of the morning to check in with some news this morning. Good morning, Morgan. And catch us up. What's going on today? Good morning. Well, here's what we're learning today coming out of a weekend and into a new week. We start in Barron County, and it appears to be the center of Wisconsin's bird flu outbreak. The state's Department of Agriculture heading into the weekend said a fifth farm in Barron County tested positive for the flu, and that brings Barron County's bird flu total to six cases and over 245,000 birds put down. Barron County has the most confirmed bird flu cases of anywhere in our state. We go to the Capitol, where Wisconsin's governor closes in on 500 pardons. Governor Tony Evers Friday issuing 49 more, bringing that total to four years to 498. Now, many of the people in this latest round of pardons had drug convictions in their 20s, but have spent the past 20-something years being good role models or making a difference in communities, with the governor saying he's grateful to be able to give people second chances in our state. While closing in on those summer jobs, if you have a teen in the home, state officials are releasing a series of videos to help teens navigate their first summer job. DWD Equal Rights Division Administrator Jesus Villa saying it's important that teens get the the right information before working towards that first job. And I've raised four teenagers. Uh, they've all gotten jobs in high school. 
And I really believe that that's an important experience for them to have. You can find those videos on YouTube by searching for the Department of Workforce Development. Or if you have your own teens, you can get them out uh, tossing hay bales and into the barn this summer, right? We take a peek into public health where it seems Wisconsin is starting the week with that trend where a continuing uptick in coronavirus cases is being seen across the state when it comes to hospitalizations. About 250 people currently hospitalized with the virus. You can always find that updated information online when you go to 715 Newsroom. And it is thrift sale season in many areas. You ever think you might stumble across that perfect surprise gift, maybe heading to Roadshow? Well, we go to Texas where everything is bigger, including a find. Laura Young purchased the bus for just under $35 at a thrift store in Austin in 2018. After suspecting the antique was very old, Young shared her discovery with a London auction that confirmed that the statue was 2,000 years old and from the late 1st century B.C. or early 1st century A.D. The bust was listed in a 100-year-old catalog from a German art museum. The bust will be displayed at the San Antonio Museum of Art before it's returned to Germany. I'm Mark Mayfield. Well, until we stumble across any of those treasures ourselves, it's back to work, right? And back to the barn with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and your Midwest Farm Show. And then just after 6, Alex comes in, and that's when, well, the big tap goes up and can't really guarantee that the plates won't fall in the process. We're live local right along with you on Wax 104.5. You know, and she bought that, you know, bus thing that they're talking about, this, like, Greek-Roman, I don't know what this head looks like exactly. She bought it at Goodwill. How busy do you think Goodwill's going to be today here in Eau Claire? <laughs> Everywhere else. Looking for those treasures. Oh, I mean, you know, that's something I would have looked at and went, no, not interested. Now I'm going to be like, oh, my gosh, let's check out every little thing. Cause... Check out and look oh. at the bottom and see what the dates are and and just just do that exploring. Yeah, but isn't that crazy? You're a better shopper than I am. Though, oh, I'm so. not that good. Trust me, I'm not that good. But my sister... Oh, I think she's going to be at Goodwill today going, all right, she can find stuff. Like, she finds things, she changes them, and I'm like, I just wouldn't think to do it that way. Uh, I am not crafty at all, so. <laughs> my, my stick people are, they're horrible, so, <laughs> yeah. Do you at least put feet on your stick people? They have stick feet. Well. <laughs> they look funny if they have, like, drawn toes. <laughs> and if you, like, you know, yeah, I just, two little sticks. Well, I'm, gl- <laughs> I'm really glad to hear that. Now that we talked about the anatomy of our stick people this morning, we're going to get it to go on this morning. we got to get in with some markets. We're actually going to head over to the Equity Altoona Barn and check in with Jim Lindsay. And Jim, what's going on? Cold cows on Thursday. Top 20% of the cows sold from 75 to 87. We had a top 88. 60% of the cows sold from 50 to 74. The bottom 20% of the cows sold from 49 and down. All feeder sales are live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715-835-3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market Consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Well, thanks so much, Jim. That was Jim Lindsay over at the Equity Altoona Barn. Now we're going to check in with Jerry Fitzgerald at the Stratford Equity Barn. Good morning, Jerry. Well, Kristen, and a very good morning to you and Jill. Sounds like you girls are having a good time this morning. You know, you have to have a little bit of fun. It's like a little bit of rain out there. It's like, you know, everything is just, we're having fun. You, you, don't, have any beverage, you don't have any beverages left over from Mother's Day, do you? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. no it's, uh, yeah. Jill, what is that? Jill, you have to say what you just said. Not that we'll admit to. <laughs> 
Well, anyway, uh, kind of a cloudy, uh, uh, the rain has kind of moved out, but I was looking at the radar before up north, way up north. They're getting a pretty good storm right now, but uh, everything is kind of wet here, but I don't think we got a lot of rain. But uh, interesting weather forecast, so I guess it's kind of, well, we're back maybe sort of on normal course here in the weather department, huh? Yeah, it's a little abnormal for this time of year, but hey, I'll take it. 79 today, 77 tomorrow, 84 Wednesday, I'll take it. Yeah, we go. We need stuff to get. We need to get some moisture and some heat to get stuff going. But in the meantime, we better tell the folks about what's going to be happening this week here at Equity Stratford. Sounds good, Jerry. Take it away. Kristen, thank you, and a good morning to everyone. And uh, full marketing week on tap here at Equity Stratford as we uh, start the Monday auction here this morning at 9.30 a.m. And every Monday we do sell those market cows, conventional market-type cows. We sell fat cattle and uh, and also market bulls here on Monday at 11.30. We sell the baby calves here today. And we'll finish up with the market catalysts uh, later on this afternoon. Tuesday, tomorrow, Tuesday, we start at 10 o'clock with the hay and straw auction. And uh, we do have already some uh, oat straw already consigned for that sale tomorrow. There will be more consignments as time goes on today. And 11 o'clock tomorrow will be the market auction. Uh, every Tuesday we sell organic market cows. And, uh, again, we see good prices on these organic cows. And following the organic cows tomorrow, we will sell conventional market cattle also. Wednesday, our auction starts at 10 o'clock. Full marketing day on Wednesday also. Uh, uh, feature, we do feature fed cattle on Wednesday along with the market cows, market bulls, sheep, hog, and goats, baby calves, feeder cattle sale this week does start at noon, and our Thursday auction does start at 11 o'clock with our market cattle and baby calves. So again, full marketing week on tap here at Equity Stratford, and uh, we always encourage you folks to take a look at our website. There's a lot of good information on there about upcoming sales and uh, uh, animals for sale on a private treaty basis. Uh, again, just click on the uh, Equity uh, Equity uh, website, Equity Co-op Stratford page, and there you go. You'll have it all. And I guess uh, we'll be back here tomorrow and uh, give the folks the market trends as of today. Uh, I was looking at the um, uh, marketing information a little bit earlier, like you ladies reported. It's uh, this reported uh, trade in the mercantile thing is just up and down all the time. You almost got to look at it every hour the way it's going, isn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. And actually, I have a note here, Jerry. I'm supposed to ask you about the beef bull soundness on Saturday. Well, I wasn't there, so maybe we'll have to get a report from that for tomorrow. But uh, uh, no, I was not there Saturday. But yeah, that was uh, that was on that uh, that was uh, last Saturday, the seventh. Well, not last Saturday, but you know, all the stuff going on the weekend. You had kind of you know it's hard to keep ahead of everything. And yeah. We gotta, uh, be the our daily breakfasts are all on full schedule this uh, this uh, year. So we're looking forward to seeing you ladies at those, and uh, just a lot of stuff going on. Well, it's good to be back. To, Whatever normal is, I guess. Exactly. Well, Jerry, you have a great day. Enjoy the weather, and Bob will catch you tomorrow. Sounds good. All right. Nice talking to you, ladies. You have a good day also. You too. There he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald, over at the Stratford Equity Barn. We've got Michelle from Tureen. She's coming in next. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we're going to check in with some more markets. We're heading over to Tareen Livestock and checking in with Michelle. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning, Kristen. So did you have a nice Mother's Day? I did. I did. And what did you get? What did you do? I got lots of flowers, some chocolate, and uh, some, yeah, some candy. Yep. Ooh, so. you got, like, the whole trifecta right there. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't love a little chocolate, oh, right? Oh, a little. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> that could cause us some trouble. <laughs> yes, it can. Yes, it can. And it doesn't matter. It can be milk or dark. Either it, or I'll take it. Especially if it's dark chocolate with caramel filled with a little sea salt on top. Oh, the sea salt. The Dove ones are oh, really good. The I sea salt. Yeah, know. those are really good. Yeah, so yeah. now we're giving all these pointers out there. Now, next year we're going to go to the store. They're going to be sold out because every man's going to go, uh-uh, Kristen and Michelle said, this is the best. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> well, hopefully mine's listening and he learns to go early, so it's, there you go. <laughs> I know, mine too. Well, Michelle, catch yeah. us up. What's going on over at Terrain Livestock? All right, thank you, Kristen. Summing up the week of May 2nd at Terrain Livestock Market in the Slaughter Market, we tapped at 89 and a half. 83% on the cows, so from 60 and above. Market cows were 79 to 88. Low yielding cows, 68 to 78. Thin and weak cows, 66 and lower. And the Holstein stand market choice, 112 to 122 and a half. Select for 110 and down. For beef type steers and heifers choice, 118 to 135. Select for 116 and down. In the low market, high yielding beef types came in at 90 to 107 with the utilities at 87 and down. In the replacement calf market, good quality Holstein bull calves up from $100 to $185 per head. Lighter and lower quality calves, $45 per head and down. Holstein heifer calves were 10 to $35 per head. Beef beef cross calves, 85 to $350 per head. In the hog market, there was no test on the butchers. Sows were 65 to 76 and a half. Boars were 26 and a half and down. Today will be our next level. We'll start with calves at 5 p.m. If you have any questions or you need trucking, give us a call at the market. At 715-669-7127. And check us out on the web at tlmsark.com. For all of us at Trin Livestock, your family owned an upright market. Have a great day. You too, Michelle. Enjoy those flowers and chocolates and all that excellent stuff. And yeah, you got spoiled. Anniversary and Mother's Day all within a few days. What did you get for Mother's Day? Uh, I got homemade cards, homemade pictures. Oh, I love those. And... Yeah, I had macaroni and cheese brats for supper and fishing. You, oh, macaroni and cheese brats? Yes. Oh, my gosh. There's actual macaroni and cheese in the brats. Where are you getting these brats? I don't, I'll have to ask my husband. I'm not sure where he got them from, but they were good. I have never heard of those. Yes. Okay, I'll have to look for those. Yep, you're okay. going to have to look now. Macaroni and cheese brats. Yeah, and you get the best gifts. Homemade gifts are the best. I know, and I got they this really little like, flower, and I have to pull off the petals, and then they're coupons. And I'm like, I don't want to pull off the petals. Oh, <laughs> that's creative. Yep. Yeah. And then I got lots of hugs. So that was the best part. Yeah, that's the best. No well, doubt. Michelle, you have a great day, and we will catch you later on. You too. Take care. All right. There she goes, Michelle, over at Terrain Livestock this morning. And we got to check in with some more markets. Actually, we're going to hit the Chicago Board of Trade. We've got your July corn down 12 at 772. July oats up 3 at 630. July beans down 15 cents to 1607. July soybean meal down $5 to 408. $408. $408.60 a ton. July wheat was up 14 cents at 11.23. Country elevators in the area, Golden Plump and Arcadia is at 7.38 for corn. Baldwin and Mondovi are at 7.02 for corn, 15.39 for beans. Durant is at 6.97 and 15.39. Elmwood is at 7.02, 15.44. Fall Creek, 6.92, 15.29. Osseo is at 7.14 for corn, 15.43 for beans. Elk Mound is at 7.10 and 15.56. Sparta is at 7.06 for corn, 15.54 for beans. Ellsworth is at 6.92 and 15.17. Ethanol plants in the area. Boyceville is at 7.30. Stanley at 7.22. New Richmond at 7.18. And looking at 
the dairy side, barrel cheese was unchanged from last week at 238. Your blocks were unchanged at 235. Double A grade butter was down two cents at two dollars and sixty four cents. And your class three futures for May were up seven at twenty five oh one. June was down twenty cents to twenty four forty six. July down fourteen to twenty four ten. August down nineteen cents to twenty three fifty five. September down thirty one cents to twenty three twenty two. And the markets were downward trending through June of two thousand and twenty three. We're not cutting first crop yet, but we do have some things to consider. In the area of machinery, first of all, Dan Undersander, our state forage specialist, is with us. And, uh, Dan, for many years, it was always the sickle bar. Now we got some of the German-European technology in here. As you've uh, done research over the years, what works best in our country, and what are some of the things we should be considering when we're looking at uh, machinery for dealing with our forages? So we, we've looked at this uh, for a number of years where we had uh, both a sickle bar and uh, flail, uh, disc mower, uh, harvest portions of alfalfa fields, and then came back after three years and looked at the yield and stand and so on. And, and the first consideration is that we found no difference in sand or yield, whether we used a sickle bar mower or a disc mower. Um, there was some concern years ago about uh, disc mower leaving rougher ends and getting more disease, but I think several things have happened. One is that we have better alfalfa varieties than we used to so that they can uh, have some resistance to some of the diseases that were causing a problem. The other thing is I think most of us know that we probably should be replacing the knives once in a while on a disc mower uh, when uh, they're no longer sharp or then they're ripping the stem off, and then that's when we have issues with plant health, if any. So the first answer is there's no difference in yield or stand if the two are types of machines are properly maintained. The thing that we did find, though, was that a disc mower takes about 80% less labor than a sickle mower. Uh, I think a lot of us have spent time replacing the blades on a sickle mower. Uh, We used to carry a spare set of blades to the field so that they could last the day. With a disc mower, we don't have those kinds of issues. The disc mowers, of course, have improved quite a bit in the last few years with the quick D. Well, first off, with the blades being mounted individually, so one unit going out didn't knock out the entire system of a disc mower. The other thing is a number of companies have come out with quick detached blades so that we can change the blades in a few seconds instead of having to go in and take out bolts and screws to, to replace blades. The long and the short is there's no difference in the uh, maintenance, uh, in, excuse me, in the effectiveness or the yield of the two types. The maintenance costs are much higher with a sickle mower. And then the last thing that I'll stick in quickly is that if we're harvesting primarily alfalfa, we should definitely use a roller conditioner of some kind rather than a flail conditioner because flail conditioners, while they're cheaper and they're made for grass, uh, they do knock a lot of leaves off for alfalfa. So do look at your machinery. If you're thinking about replacing any, 
keep in mind the idea that a disc mower is less maintenance in the long run and a roller conditioner will reduce the leaves that are lost in the harvesting process. So whatever you decide to use, it won't be long and you'll be using it, hopefully. Dan Undersander, our state forage specialist, on our next Grow Alfalfa Update program. And it looks like we're looking at a chance of some thunderstorms coming up in the forecast. We've got a little bit of rain out there right now clearing off. And then it's going to be a mostly cloudy day with some wind. Looking at a high of 79 tonight. Chance of thunderstorms with 56 degrees. Tomorrow it's going to be sunny with a chance of isolated thunderstorms. High of 77. Tomorrow night cloudy. 57 degrees. And Wednesday sunny but there is a chance of rain. Looking at a high of 84 Wednesday night, some scattered thunderstorms and 66 degrees. You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. And the Chilson family of Ram dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.